Hi, and welcome to Through My Latina Lens. My name is Lori Salazar, and here is our introductory episode before we fully start the interviews and the journey of working with and talking with fellow Latinas, Latinx in the community, mentors, students, family members, you name it. I want them to be included in this podcast. Really, the purpose is about sharing our stories, our challenges, words of advice, our newest memories, family ancestry, all of those things that we might not have in a photo or in a video or written in a book or able to Google our ancestry line to remember those things. I was inspired not only for a school project, to be honest, but also about keeping those memories of my family, keeping those memories for when beyond our elders are here and to be able to provide them to the next generations. For my dissertation, I'm focusing on, plan to focus on Latina retention and higher education. And the second part of it is why are there low percentages of Latinas getting advanced degrees? Advanced degrees meaning master's degrees, certifications, in addition to their bachelor degree for specific maybe trainings or uh, certifications that they need, credentials, PhD, and EDD programs. It's so important to dive deep into what Latinas need and what advice that our current generations, future generations, really need to listen to. And I felt like this was an important resource to share with youth about our challenges and what we faced, what we faced as an educator, what I faced so far being in the doctoral program, but also what my grandma's faced, my abuelita's faced through her challenges and the legacy that she's leaving, but then also her goals and her visions for the next generations to come. I am blessed and privileged to be able to have my abuelita here. And just about a year ago, my great-grandma, Abuelita Trine, passed away and she almost hit her 102nd birthday. And I realized that we never really asked her these deep questions. And I didn't get to visit her much in Mexico so I didn't get to ask her, like, what's your first memory? Or what was your biggest challenge in your life as either a young adult or as a mother or as a great, great, great grandmother, as an elder? And really having those conversations within our community to share that with each other and really dive deep into those challenges and the what can we learn from those lessons and how we can support each other. When I look at Latina retention and Latinas pursuing higher advanced degrees, 
a lot of the times it's just the support. A big thing is not having faculty or lecturers that they can connect with them that look like them. Very low percentage of Latina faculty and then especially tenured faculty. And even less of a percentage, less than 3% of those that have doctorates in the United States, 3% of those are Latinas. For how populated we are in the community, especially when you think about California, only 3% of all doctoral students are Latinas. I believe it's a little less than 3%. That's something that we need to look at. How can we change the future? How can we have the future be female? How can we have the future be Latinas? How can we change the generational trends for Latinos, Latino leaders, the next generations to come, our first generations, our second generations? Personally, I feel like a lot of that is truly sharing your challenges and being honest about them, sharing what your dreams are, sharing not so much regrets, but things that you've learned from. And that's truly important. And I feel like a key to our success as we move forward to learn from each other and have that community as people of color, as minorities, as Hispanics, as Mexicans, as Latinas, however we identify in, it's crucial that we have that community. We haven't made it this far without each other. And in order to continue to grow, make our presence known, be a part of major changes that are happening now and in the future, and having that Latinx, Latinx, Latino, Latina impact is crucial in our history. It's changing what has been happening in our previous generations. Where are the issues? Where are the things that don't need to be changed but can be advanced? What are the things we need to keep? What are the things we need to be educated more on? How can we involve our parents and our families when we're in college and we're going through these challenges? How can we learn to communicate as mothers to our children about pretty serious conversations that may have been taboo in generations before? That's very common, especially with Latinas that we don't talk about certain things with our parents. But how can we change that? How can we change what those relationships are? How do we frame those conversations? How do we educate the youth to have these conversations, to ask those questions and not be in fear of getting in trouble because you're just asking questions and getting educated? And how do we as mothers, as parents, as family members, as elders, learn how to manage those conversations? And if we don't know, connecting to a professional or a resource or bringing someone else in. 
That is super important. Especially when thinking about the youth right now and how much they can change the world. And we have so many first generation, second generation, mixed generation students. And a lot of the time, it's advocating for them, it's motivating them, it's telling them that they can do it. What are the tips and tricks that I have learned throughout my college education and that I am still currently learning now in my EDD program? Things as simple as, as a first-generation student, there are so many scholarships that you can apply for. And on top of that, as a first-generation student, looking at what public versus private school, community colleges, what are your options, and what is the value of an education, and how can we keep that value, keep that retention? What is the support that's needed? For me, as a staff member in higher education, I think about how important it is for me to be represented in higher education student affairs as a woman and as Latina. What does it look like to be a Latina leader in a private university that has diversity, but is still majority white Caucasian identified? How does it look like for me to push myself to create some workshops, to create some unity events, to do things out of my role, out of my position? And a lot of that takes this podcast, takes interviewing my abuelita to understand more of my Latina roots and where that comes from, to connect with my mom and learn about why I was in taught the language of Spanish and more that is impacted by that from her generation. And you look at a lot of my generation of millennials is we were not taught Spanish, but you see that this new generation of Gen X and even my, do- my toddler as a two-year-old that we're wanting to push the second language and being bilingual, trilingual, more to be educated. But there was a portion in our history, our Latina, our Hispanic, our Mexican, our Puerto Rican, everything where we have been told that English is our only language. So a lot of the millennials and other generations as well, that's where we lost our language, our native language seeing how we can close the gaps, seeing how we can create stronger pathways, mentors, giving back to the community. I know these are intense goals for a podcast, but it's really about having these challenging conversations, talking about our history, asking advice from our elders, and sometimes These are stories that we've heard before. It's advice we've heard before. But finding out the why and the advice. The details of the challenges and how they felt. I know it could be easy sometimes, as my grandma says, you know, 
when I was growing up, always go to college, go to college, go to college. My father, go to college. My mother, go to college. My brother, go to college. But once you get to ask why, why should I go? Having those conversations about that choice and about the opportunity can be intense and so motivating. My dad didn't even finish middle school. My mom graduated from high school. And college was the number one thing that was pushed for my brother and I. You know, it's doing what my parents didn't at that time have the opportunity to do, especially as young parents. And it's instilling that in the future generations. And telling them the why and the resources and the choices that you have. For my daughter, I'm excited that if and when the time comes when I graduate from my doctoral program, that she will gain more of an understanding that I'm receiving an additional degree and mama's a doctor. And I want her to see the value of education, but I also think of as a mother How do I make sure that I'm not putting the pressure of you need to be getting all these advanced degrees? My main point will probably be at least you need a college education. You need at least an associate's or a bachelor's degree. You need to take that opportunity to receive an education. And wherever you go from there in your career path is up to them as adults. But it's instilling the opportunity and the choice to go to college, but to make sure that you're continuing your education, whatever that might look like, and working with them. So for me as a parent, I can't say my daughter's also going to be a doctor and put that pressure on her. But it's showing her the option and it's being honest with her about my journey as a college student. Never in a million years would I think that I'd be in a doctorate program right now. Especially when I think about myself as an 18-year-old failing almost every class and being told I'm on academic probation if I don't retake basically a whole semester of classes and change my grades that I would be forced, I believe it was academic removal. And sometimes we need those wake-up calls. And it's being honest with these current generations, these next generations about those challenges. And not doing it in a way of, okay, here mom goes again, here abuelita goes again. I think if we really take the time to share those feelings and share what those challenges actually entailed, what those amazing moments actually felt like. Being honest with it is so crucial. So with this podcast, I'm excited for my first episode to be about my grandma. Focusing on those challenges, asking her those important questions, asking her questions that I don't know and that many, many of my family members don't know, such as what's your earliest childhood memory? What's your biggest challenge and why? What do you think your legacy has been? 
What's one of the most exciting moments of your life? What is a time that you would go back and change something? What's a piece of advice you have for the current generations and the new generations? Really learning from our elders and the lessons that they've had from our ancestors. So with that, I'm sure I will do an episode about me where someone interviews me. But right now, it's so important for me to understand those around me, those in my community, and make that impact and share the resources. I'm thankful to have many Latina women around me, many Latino men around me, be surrounded by the Latinx community, to have my mother here, to have my abuelita here, present in life, and really take these opportunities to share with you all, because I know that there are many of you that don't have that privilege of going and asking your mom these things or your abuelita or a cousin or a father and seeing the resources that we can share with each other and that we can learn from each other's family because we are one community. Thank you so much for listening to my introduction episode of where I envision this podcast. Through my Latina lens, thank you so much and tune in to next week to hear from my Aulita Natalia. Bye!